0: Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358.
1: Introducing Mortgage Matters This is a great time to go buy a house This is when the real estate fortunes are made made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate The challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape It's very clear our economy is still in trouble Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending Starts are doing everything possible to get the COVID-19 under control So that we can reopen our businesses safely Resume our lives, put this pandemic behind us Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about. time talking for about. Mortgage, Matters. Mortgage, Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage
2: Matters. All right. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, Dan Pedesto. Dan, are you there? I am here. I thought I thought you were on um, mute. I thought I was going to get to use there. We that go. One no,
3: I thought I was on my my headphones, and uh, and I wasn't. So I didn't know if the sound was going to be great just talking through my speakerphone. So mm. anyway, a little technical snafu there, and uh, and we're moving on. Got you now.
2: <laughs> hey man, happy birthday!
3: Yeah, what a week, man! I feel a year older this week.
2: <laughs> Just this week? Yeah. <laughs>
3: yes. Yeah, it has cool. been a it has been a long last year. I'll tell you that.
2: But yeah, yeah.
3: Thanks for the the birthday wishes. And, uh,
2: uh, a doozy. Yeah,
3: yeah. I feel like my birthday kind of kicked off COVID, or maybe it was the other way around, or something. But. Here we are. Now it's at the tail end of it all.
2: Yeah, you get two COVID birthdays.
3: Yeah, yeah. Not everyone's going to have that luck. Huh.
2: Well, I think most of us are. I'm looking forward to <laughs> Maybe. mine. I get my second <laughs> COVID birthday here in May. That's right around the corner. Be here before you know it. As That's we're right. As we're already you know getting to the tail end of Q1 here. Big news on Friday, the Dow closed at over 33,000 points.
3: Man, just keeps on charging ahead like like the future's looking really good.
2: Yeah. it. I mean, I guess it is, right?
3: It must be. I mean, things, you know, the big pandemic that's dominated our lives for the last year seems to be working itself out. Although I must say, I'd like to pause here for a moment and say, this virus is still out there. And um, we had an unfortunate occurrence where uh, an office that we share with another business, they didn't let us know that they had a small outbreak and then several of our people got sick. It's really important. I think one of the big lessons we've learned from all this is, You know, we don't want to share our germs so much. We don't not so freely as we used to with with everyone. And if something does seem wrong, if people seem sick, then it's good to disclose that information.
2: Better safe than sorry right now. Yeah, it's very much the
3: uh, the appropriate course of action to (laughs) use a lot of caution.
2: Yes, and as you said, I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit more and say, if you share space with people that you otherwise don't communicate a lot with and you happen to get COVID or your office gets COVID, you should tell the people you share space with. Yes. When we found out that it was in our office, we called the other business and said, hey, we got a little COVID. And they said, oh, yeah, that probably came from us. We're just about over it. (laughs) (laughs) You're kidding. Thanks for the heads up bizarro we share a bathroom and a kitchen folks people gotta get a little (laughs) drop a little knowledge on us man so speaking of covid i'll give you your covid update i know you're probably just dying to hear it um we've had a few weeks in a row of a decrease of the number of homes that are within the uh the covid forbearance plan so active forbearance plans fell again this week uh we're down to um 4.9%. So it's just a month ago we were at 5.3% of total homeowners with mortgages were in a forbearance plan. So it's now it's down to 4.9. Um this is the first time we've fallen below 2.6 million total people in forbearance since April of last year. So as we head up into the 1 year anniversary of this, which I guess we're already there um we it's that's encouraging to know that there's just less and less people and um now we're getting to a place within this forbearance uh market here where um the march represents the end of the available extensions to the people that were first on so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how these numbers start changing over the course of the next couple of months and uh i saw Another, I saw a news article this week that I couldn't help but click on, and I read it, and I wondered whether or not it was appropriate to share this on the show or not, and then decided that this is a mortgage and real estate show, so we're going to tell it. There's a, it. Here's the headline. A couple in California bought a home over a year ago, but because of a legal loophole, the previous owner refuses to leave. And so basically what it is, this seller of this home knew that there was a eviction moratorium and so sold the house and now hasn't left in a year
3: Oh gosh.
2: that is absolutely crazy sounds kind of criminal um it does i'm glad we haven't heard of that a lot um but you know they're Trying to work it out. It's down in Riverside. And, yeah, they bought a house for $560,000. It went through a year ago. And as soon as it was done, the seller decided that he wasn't going to leave and said, you can't make me. We're not allowed to evict people, and uh, I'm going to take that protection. And so there he is. And, by the way, that eviction moratorium is still good through June 30th of this year so we have a couple more months left on it and it's been extended several times so it'll be interesting to see if it gets extended again um, but pretty bizarre uh, way of becoming a tenant and then seeking protection under it um, you know like I said I, I'm i glad it's not more common it said there's um, this particular article went on to say that there that this attorney in Southern California said that he's handled Uh, eight cases of the exact situation this year really crazy that's a crazy story and how disappointing huh to buy a house and not be able to get into it Um, and you know it kind of just made me think anecdotally we this comes up a little bit in real estate transactions where we have home buyers that are buying a home you know and for whatever reason the seller is looking for a rent back and Oftentimes, it's just like, you know, it's, it's pretty accepted that you would, oh, yeah, you can, you know, rent the house back for a week or two or whatever. Um, every loan program actually allows the seller to rent the house back for as many as 60 days. And there's some risk to that. And this is a prime example of it. And, um, and sometimes I wonder if the people that are agreeing to it are really aware of what could go wrong Um, with allowing the seller to remain in possession. And for what it's worth, even if you said no to that, it wouldn't really solve this problem because this person's refused to leave. So the only way that you could legally remove them is through an eviction proceeding, which is on a moratorium due to COVID. So kind of crazy. (laughs) It is. Interesting times we live in. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So anyhow, see the... The COVID numbers are getting a little bit better. Right before we started the show, I was reading an article now about young people in Brazil having, like, alarming hospitalization rates. Um, and, yeah, like you said, Dan, there's a – COVID is still very out there. Um, it's around. And, um, yeah, we – I you mentioned we had a COVID um, little pop-up in one of our offices where – we I just kind of want to remind everybody I know a lot of our clientele listens to this show, but we are still not meeting in our offices with outside public um it's It's a hard decision to do that because you know we want to be accommodating we want to help people, but um there's just a risk to that and it, it's hard to jeopardize the health of wage earning employees that are you know here doing a job and we put some public with them and get them sick. So we've tried really hard to, you know, use every other means of doing business we can. Um, and some of our loans, loan officers are, you know, if they're, you know, not so concerned about it and their clients aren't so concerned about it and they want to do a safe, you know, socially distance and masked meeting. Um, we're not prohibiting that um, as long as it's not in one of our offices they would meet somewhere else so we've tried really hard to avoid it um, and obviously couldn't so um it's
3: done we, we had done so good up to that point though
2: yeah year in <laughs> you know dodging dodging the bullets when there were several hundred cases a day that were happening in the county and now that we're down to i don't even know how many what, what is it down to now 20 or. Now that the restaurants are opened up again, I don't seem to see those numbers getting talked about as regularly.
3: Yeah, I don't know. They're definitely down significantly, though, from from what they were during the wintertime.
2: Yeah. Wild. Um And so, yeah, you know, kind of moving along the next little update, just kind of thinking about things we talked about last week and want to give you guys some updates. Um, Over the course of last week to this week, interest rates, according to Freddie Mac's primary mortgage survey, interest rates rose on the 30-year fixed by nine basis points to a national average of 3.17% for a 30-year fixed Um, so it's up just a little bit over the prior week. Um, and then I, I thought, man, I kind of want to know what that is in context. So I looked up, um, I'm going to, I'm going to play stump the co-host here, Dan. So here you go (laughs) on your birthday. Uh, give me a guess March of last year, what the 30 year fixed was at knowing that today it's at three and an eighth. Oh boy. Since it's your birthday, I'm going to give you a hint. I'm going to go with three and an eighth. Oh, no. You should have waited for my hint. Oh,
3: you had a hint. Okay, give me another shot. It's
2: lower this year.
3: Okay, three and a half.
2: Yeah, the average rate um, last year, this day last year was three point five for a thirty-year fixed, and I found a little bit of comfort in that. I saw that number and thought, "Oh, see, we last year we weren't freaked out about rising interest rates, and people didn't have a panic that they missed the boat, and you know this, that, and the other." So, um, though rates are up a little bit, they still are less than what they were pre-pandemic. So I thought yeah, that and was good news.
3: It It is. And I think March was a month where we were just, we were inundated with loan volume. Oh, In yeah. fact, I, I think we were setting, that was the beginning of setting company loan volume records was, was March of last year. So yep. it's to, to know that rates are still better than, than that one year ago period is pretty reassuring and amazing.
2: I was very sick um, last March, and I set up like sixty loans over the my double bout of pneumonia over a thirty day period. I remember last March well. Um, it was very busy. So, um, and then you know, kind of tagging on to the end of this, um, the survey this week shows that there's about eleven point one million homeowners out there that could stand to benefit from a refi and um, they absolutely have missed the call. And so, you know, it's funny, I'm working on a loan today for a person that's got a $585,000 loan and the interest rates at four and a quarter. That's true. That's a true scenario. And I just think, man, where were you? It's still good. I mean, they're going to save a whole point in interest, but um, definitely missed the low watermark and, um i can't help but wonder if it's coming again over the course of next year or two but um you know bottom line is that rates are still pretty good even though they're up a little bit off of those lows
3: yeah i know you read a lot of the same technical um blogs and and industry publications that i see and you know you talked a lot last week about the the, what was it called? The supplemental liquidity
2: ratio? Yes. SLR. SLR.
3: That's yeah. what it was. And, um, and that having an effect on, on these bonds. Um, another issue that, that came to light was that the Japanese were jumped, were dumping a bunch of bonds into the market as well, selling a bunch of, of us treasuries. So that was also adding to the supply and, and, fueling that run up in, in the bond yields and stuff like that. So that was another issue. And there was some optimism that come the end of this first quarter that that would likely stop. And, um, and the fed, you know, our fed, we've, we've noted over the last couple of weeks that they seem to be oddly unconcerned about the rapid run up in rates that they, it's likely that they had seen what was going on from this foreign government and, and realized that that wasn't going to continue. And, and possibly, you know, that was a reason why they were just unconcerned about it. They saw this, this event happening that just wasn't likely to, to be a long-term issue. So there's, there's a little bit of optimism that, you know, we've kind of bottomed out as far as rates are, topped out maybe is as a better term as far as the the rates increasing here and that we might there's some technical um indicators that would suggest that we're we're in a good spot here that we might even see a little bit of rate relief over the next week or two
2: yeah you know right after we did last week's show was literally like the next day or two days later um the fed did go on record to announce that it's going to let that SLR, what we were talking about, that supplemental liquidity ratio exemption expire on March 31st. So there was a lot of speculation after the Fed meeting about why it wasn't addressed and the Fed seemed to kind of want to duck it. said they didn't really have a position and then pretty quick said that they are in fact going to let it expire. Um, And just as a reminder, this rule allowed the largest of banks in the U S with greater than $250 billion in assets to expand balance sheets by exceeding leverage limits. Um, And basically in layman terms, what it meant was it exempted um, those banks from having to count treasury securities um, and deposits onto their balance sheets under those leverage ratios. And so that exemption is now definitely going to expire and it you know, it it was originally it was allowed to bring some stability to the market and allow the banks to be a buyer and holder of record amounts of treasury and mortgage backed security. And now that that's clear, it's, this is no longer being discussed. And we're, we had the, every single day this week, the Fed uh, made this announcement and every market day this week, we were able to watch the market work with that knowledge. And that's why I say it's, you know, the the average 30 year fix went up only barely. I mean, nine basis points isn't even an eighth of a point. And we, we had this whole week with that knowledge that there's going to be some selling into this market where um, some of these banks are going to have to unload some treasuries and some mortgage backed securities in order to recount those numbers in their balance sheet leverage ratio math. Um, And so, Um, that's, that might force a little bit of, uh, you know, upward movement in interest rates, but it's going to really cause a lot of reallocation in the, the balance sheet for these big banks. And, you know, as a, you know, a bottom line is, um, Doesn't seem to be as shocking to the market as was feared. And, um, yeah, what I'm seeing and reading is that the next couple of months here are likely to be a little bit more stable and maybe even interest rates dropping a little bit, which, I mean, as a guy that sells home loans, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of always rooting for good low rates. But, um, you know, so... So that mystery solved anyway. Um, I realize it. It sounds quite technical and probably boring to some people, so apologize for that. But didn't want to leave you guys hanging. I talked about it a lot last week, and it is, you know, kind of a big deal. So um, that being said, there's a lot of real estate news that we have to cover. We got some new home sales and existing home sales and things like that that I want to talk about after the break. But I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, Push the break button here. Take a quick commercial break. So uh, hope you'll stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters.
1: It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast
4: Lending in just seconds. Hey Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast. The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're gonna miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 772 26786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786.
2: Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved.
5: Just call 543 We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
0: Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 32835.
6: In these times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley and Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Come to Blakesley and Blakesley with offices in San Luis
2: Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is. Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved.
5: Just call 543-LOG. we the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
0: Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number three two eight three. You're
1: listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Now, back to the show.
2: Everybody, welcome back. Uh, just a quick break. So, okay. I wanted to talk some real estate stuff. And um, there's some new news. Here's a here's an interesting jumping off point. The um, National Association of Realtors said that at the end of January, um, one... million homes were for sale. Um, That's officially 26% lower than the exact time a year ago. So if you're wondering why home values are uh, at all-time highs and and going higher and why the competition to buy homes is at all-time highs, this is why Um, there's just fewer homes for sale. Um, And by the way, that rec- that's a record that's the lowest amount of homes for sale nationally going all the way back to 1982 um pretty wild and by the way um national association of realtors holds 1.45 million members so there are officially almost a half a million more members of uh realtors essentially in the nation than there are homes for sale
3: man that's a tough business to be employed in tell you what you
2: better be stand out you're gonna get your share of less than one home per realtor wow yeah pretty wild to believe i was talking to a real estate (laughs) friend of mine this last week who um she's Relatively new, I guess I'd say. I mean, been in the business for about four and a half years, and I consider that new because the last four and a half years have been pretty, pretty booming. Um, you know, if you've got a license and know some people, chances are you're going to be able to find some business. And, um, you know, and I was. I started to tell her, as I remember before the last downturn, I remember reading at one point that something, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it struck me that one in three Californians had a real estate license. And, um, you know, I, again, I don't know if that's an exaggeration or not. I remember reading that, um, just thinking there's a lot of real estate agents around. Getting those licenses is a lot harder to do uh, now than it was then, I think, thankfully. Um, but, geez, yeah, there's a there's more realtors than there are houses. So, that's, if you're thinking about getting a real estate license and jumping in the business, you might want to think twice.
3: Also, at that time, the, the real estate license was the path to getting into the mortgage finance side Correct. of the business as well. Whereas now, there are other avenues to... To, to do the mortgage side of the business without having that department of real estate license.
2: Yeah. It's pretty rare. I mean, part of after that, the, the financial crisis that we had, um, in Oh eight, uh, that was basically a good indication that the mortgage market needed, um, a better the mortgage industry needed some more specific licensing to maybe scrutinize who's giving financial advice and structuring financial transactions than um, you know than just grab a and back then as you well I don't I guess maybe you didn't do it Dan but it was take one course that was like a three hour online course and then you could be issued a interim license. Uh, a real estate license and then within the next year you had to complete the other two courses (laughs) Uh so you could do 33 percent of the required coursework and hit the ground working as a licensed individual and yeah that was (laughs) that was good for realtors and lenders so yeah it's a it's quite a bit different now and i think rightfully so um so yeah digging in here on that on that grim news of the listings per realtors ratio um, the first piece here is existing home sales. Um, existing home sales declined nationally 6.6% on the month-over-month month in February, um, selling at an annualized rate of about $6.22 million. Um, That was below expectations. I know we've had some inclement weather and other things going into it, but um, total sales…
3: Sounds like in- the issue is supply and not weather.
2: Yeah, maybe a little bit of both, but definitely a supply issue, um, to be clear, for sure. Um, And, you know, total sales in February were up 9.1% over a year ago. So it's better than it was a year ago, but slower than it was last month. And that's been the case for months, we see that the month over month trend is declining, um, even though it was a little bit better than it was a year ago. Um, But you know, and again, I mean the the article here. If you go punch in the news data for existing home sales, um, they they remain near all time low levels. Um, you know, and obviously that's just driving up the pace of price increases and and making it um, harder and harder for first time home buyers to afford homes. And then also, you know, as reported, we've got interest rates going up a little bit, which is also um, hampering prospective buyers. So perhaps this golden age of real estate here is that that window might be closing. We've been, we've been talking about that for a long time, this convergence of low interest rates and, um, you know, low real estate values, although that's pretty arguable. The real estate values are not low anymore. Next up on the, on the block here for housing data is new home sales. Um, New home sales, if you Googled up new home sales and click the news tab and, hey, go, um, you see words like crashed, slashed, tumbled, um, 18.3% month-over-month decline in February. Um, The annual rate of new home sales fell to 775,000 units. Uh, The forecast was calling for almost 900,000 units. Ah, uh, January was almost nine hundred and fifty thousand units. Um, so it's really new home sales are going. those numbers are going down. And you can't help but wonder if some of that enthusiasm for those new home sales contracts was based on low interest rates and you're just gonna start now that we're, I mean, because what are we a month or six weeks into these um, the new the new norm of higher interest rates?
3: Yeah, we are. But like you said, it's still a quarter, three-eighths of a point lower than at this time last year. So it's hard to believe that – it's hard to understand why new home sales would would see such a dramatic fall um, just because of rates. I I have a hard time believing that somebody who decided that buying a new home – was made a lot of sense for their family and then because of a relatively small change in interest rates that that would all of a sudden have 20% of those buyers you know decide against buying a home if you i mean we've asked realtors over the years to and and the decision to buy a home whether it's a new home or an existing home it's not usually a rate driven decision it's a it's a life decision it's it's the union you know a a family coming together it's you know maybe um adding children into the mix and feeling like you want to have that secure settled home um you know there's a lot of maybe it's a job change or you know raise or promotion there's all these these other life events that happen that that are more typical of of motivating someone to buy a home it's less of a rate event so I, it, it's hard to think that that's the correlation but the timing is definitely definitely odd
2: yeah i pulled up what it was last year you know last february which obviously was right before we got into the whole pandemic mess that we're in um, and the numbers were somewhat similar. I mean, the annual rate last February was seven hundred sixty-five thousand. This one came in at seven seventy-five, which again was well below estimates and well below January, um, but not far off from what it was a year ago, um, where interest rates were higher, right? Um, and by the way, there's a few more data points here. Um, the median home price for a new home um, was up 5.3% year over year at 349. So um, 349.4 actually. um, That was the national average for a new home. Um, Inventory was up a little bit uh, to a 4.8 month supply um, based on the current sales pace. Um, January's inventory level was at 3.8 months. So, From one month to the next, we added basically an entire month's worth of inventory level. And, um, you know, let's see the regions that they dive into to try to see regionally what some of this impact was. Um, It does seem that the severe weather parts of the country, you know, places where it's not easy to be out on foot uh, were um, kind of hardest hit. And... You know, some of the, you know, the, this news basically did suggest that higher prices in combination with slightly higher interest rates have something to do with it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Five, five, almost five and a half percent year over year home price appreciation, though, nationally. Um, I didn't have any like great way to grab the data locally, but California, it's pretty widely accepted that over the course of the last year, we had double digit home price appreciation for the entire housing market. So, um, you know, there you have it. That's your, that's the housing update as it is today. It's, it's always interesting to see too, you know, usually these trends, the change in, supply or you know new home sales existing home sales inventory it's it's always easier to kind of see how rates and seasonality affected that stuff you know months down the road you know this might be very clear in a couple months when we look back at what was this this time about whether these you know because who knows, right? I mean, we could find ourselves this summer thinking, "Hey, do you remember when the Dow was at 33,000?" Um, we might be looking at that from 38,000, we might be looking at that from 27,000. We have no idea what the future holds. Yeah,
3: it's interesting. You you said that the same time last year the same type of month over month change was playing out, right? The
2: well, more or less the same volume of homes. I don't know that the same month over month change was the same, but it was basically the same the same amount of units selling in February of last year versus February of this year. Uh,
3: yeah, interesting. Interesting. It, yeah, it's, it's hard to take any one month of data and, and draw real strong conclusions from it. So we'll we'll see how it it plays out. But I I mean, just judging from the activity that we see in the, the the motivation of potential buyers, it it seems like that's not telling the the true story of what's going on out there.
2: It has been bonkers crazy. You want to hear some stories about a couple of transactions this week that I've been a part of that were real head scratchers. Um, A young couple that I um, am working with had um, found a home and a to that they wanted, right? Entry level housing for a single family home, not in like a tractor development, it was a used home. Um, went into it, wrote an offer basically at full price. I think in fact it was like $5,000 over full price because we all knew it was going for at least that much. And. Um, At the end of the day, the the seller's agent came back and told them that they were telling this to all the other agents and prospective buyers as well, but that they were going to collect up offers and more or less were considering this an auction and wanted them to issue their highest and best. And then went on to say that one of them was already more than $20,000 over asking price. And I thought, man, that is absolutely crazy. Um, That deal didn't come together, fell apart. Um, I don't know yet how far above asking price it went, but um, the word on the street there, and you never really know if it's true or not, but it it was said that there was eight other buyers that were all over asking price on one entry-level home. I mean, we're talking a a $470,000 home. Um, Pretty insane. And then... Um, I have another transaction going on right now for some guys that wrote an offer on a house, um, over offered, you know, over the list price offer. And we're told that the seller was going to wait all the way until the end of next week to review and respond to offers because there's so many coming in that it was just in the best interest of the seller to wait and make sure that everyone that had an opportunity to write an offer had ample time to do it. Thought, man, that's going to be tricky too. Uh, just giving people plenty of time to decide how much they're willing to pay for a property. So it it still feels very cutthroat around here in terms of how many people want the houses. By the way, that particular house was over eight hundred thousand um, dollars in the North County, so that's not an entry level home, I and mean, that's arguably that's arguably even above the move up home. That's arguably North County luxury when you're talking homes in the eight hundred thousand. So.
3: Pretty wild. Yeah, we're, we're seeing that activity at all price points. It's, it's, it is crazy.
2: I don't mean to be discouraging too. Um, that first couple I told you about actually ended up in escrow this week on another home where their real estate agent happened to have a seller that was willing to entertain an offer before the property went live to market and they managed to just say, well, what's your number? Seller gave a number. They said, oh, we'll pay that and put together a deal without even going onto the MLS and dealing with all the traffic. So, there some of those deals are to be had, and you know the only the only real takeaway I could say from that is that's a great reason to be using a well connected real estate agent that's got a lot of relationships. Is that um, you know I'm hearing that as many as twenty percent of deals that are happening are happening like that, where it's sort of you know, maybe pre-market or off-market or just sellers that would sell if they got the right number but didn't necessarily want to endure the full listing process and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I worry that sometimes when we talk about this, I, I don't want to discourage people. At the same time, it's really important that people have a realistic expectation of the kind of market that we're operating within. It's a tough market right now and you better have some thick skin and be ready for some competition. That's for sure. Yeah.
3: I'm gonna remember go too that a small change in price, is, you know, if you feel like you, you have to maybe pay a little more than you want to, a small change in price is a pretty minimal change in monthly payment when you're talking about these nice low interest rates.
2: It's funny, it's funny that you bring that up. I couldn't agree more. You're talking a pretty nominal amount in monthly payment. If you still qualify, obviously it's worth exploring, but one of the things that I see oftentimes is that most of the home buyers feel like they're already like so near the the tipping point of where they're going to lose enthusiasm and they start to get emotionally attached to you know, 5,000 bucks. Well, I'm not going to pay $5,000 more. And and I'm, and I'm kind of like, well, that's interesting. Like you're, you're all in at 510, but at 515, you've lost interest because you're just being toyed with. Whereas that $5,000. And then a month
3: month down the road, when they're still looking for a home, all of a sudden 525 seems real easy to to cozy up to every time when <laughs> they could have maybe had a house at
2: 515 every single time and i've been doing this for long enough that i saw people do that him and Holland in 2014 well it's already been running up for several years in a row you know i'm not going to be a fool that buys on the edge of the bubble and then i have that same client come back in 20 2016 going hey i really missed the mark on that one so i suppose i'm ready now and hope i'm not too late and then history has shown man you were that was a stroke of genius. If you could have got it at 2014 that would have been great but 2016 was really smart and I mean I know we say this all the time as we're now in I don't know what are we in in year 11 or 12 of just a crazy bull run in the housing market um, I still don't see any real end in sight Um, almost regardless of what rates do um, there's just such a shortage you know there's so many people that are ready to buy homes and um you know just think about that think about those kids that graduated from high school in 2012 you know they're turning 30 now and they're ready to buy a house they've been in their jobs you know they went to college they're out they're ready those guys got thrown into the mix too and we just underbuilt houses for so many years we just have built an incredible demand that just cannot be satisfied by the level of supply that we bring to market so i know it's different a little bit different in different parts of the country but by and large it's it's true in most places and it's absolutely true here on the central coast we need to go ahead and do the final commercial break here this hour so i'm going to do that And then uh, we'll be back. We'll wrap up this segment. we got some more time to go and more things to talk about. So stick around. We'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters.
1: It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from
4: Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 772 6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786.
2: Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved.
5: Just call 543 Low. we the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
0: Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number three two eight
2: three.
6: In these times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley and Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Come to Blakesley and Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi,
2: this is Jay- Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get free approved
5: Just call 543 low We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
0: Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 32835.
1: You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Now, back to the show.
2: guys welcome back and um yeah we're getting to the tail end of the show here my throat hurts dan like i talked the whole time <laughs> and then i looked back at the tracks and like you barely said things during this hour
3: I just, i'm just following
2: your lead jason i feel like i talk too much that's a good, good fit for radio i guess that's what you want in a radio wingman you want right? it you
3: want to have a lot of discussion and 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 dialogue on the radio and and sometimes (laughs) one person just got more to say than the other. I'll tell you what though, there's, there was a news story this week that um, it's a little outside of the housing world, but it's definitely financial in nature. And it, uh, it felt kind of relevant to the show that was, it, it just boggled my mind for, for most of the week. And it was one of the big companies that emerged out of the out of the coronavirus pandemic zoom everybody's familiar with zoom oh yeah they made some headlines this week um i don't know did you catch the headlines with zoom
2: i feel like you're about to say that the zoom stock's going down
3: no it has nothing to do with stocks Okay. And it has to do with taxes and zoom is the latest example of of a highly profitable company that has managed to pay very little in federal taxes. And it was, it was really interesting. I mean, Zoom's become the name in video conferencing, whether you're using Zoom or any other service, you probably call it Zoom, Um, (laughs) kind of like like Kleenex. Kleenex is the name for all tissues, right? Uh, It's exactly like that. that. I mean, that's how prolific Zoom has become in our lives. And they, um, managed to have a a profit of, of over 600, I think it was $600 million. And then somehow because of the way the, the loophole where you're able to give stock options to, um, you know, your, your senior management or your higher ups, um, that, that stock option giveaway is, is an expense. So they managed to whittle down their taxable profits to nothing, even though they were a highly profitable company with stock that I'm sure soared throughout this entire last year. So it's just, it's one of those frustrating things because taxes always come up, whether it's, you know, it's this time of year when we're all working on our tax returns. Um, you know, it's often, you know, a pretty contentious topic when it comes to, to politics and stuff like that. And. It just reminds me, you know, we always get bogged down in the rates and who, you know, how the the rates should work against different income levels. And it's it's really not about the rates. It's about these loopholes that enable some of these big companies to not contribute at all to our federal tax base. And it's it's just a frustrating thing. So when I saw that this week, I I just was reminded and frustrated of how how the tax system works and how I wish I wish it were different
2: it drives me crazy in fact right before we started the show today I was talking with a client and that's exactly what we were talking about is I think taxes are on everybody's mind right now and yeah just hearing about these big companies that somehow have an ability to work within some loopholes or something. I just can't wrap my head around it. Every, every real person I know seems to pay more taxes than they feel like they want to. But we hear all the time about how these corporations with more money than God are scot free in the tax discussion. It's very frustrating. So
3: it is. Meanwhile, I, I just to kind of finish that off. Zoom, you know, they have some overseas profits where they ended up, the loopholes weren't available to them there with their overseas profits. So they end up paying overseas tax rate of 28%, which seems, you know, fine and reasonable. But because of the loopholes that they're afforded here with their domestic profits, they paid taxes in the neighborhood of 0.8%. Mm. So, So it's just, yeah. It's frustrating. Eh? We always end up talking about the rates and stuff, and the rates are rarely what anyone ends up paying, and especially corporations, when, once you factor in all the loopholes.
2: Oh, man. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for talking about taxes.
3: Well, um, it is that time of year. It is you know, that time of year. Luckily, we got a little uh, extension from the IRS announced last week.
2: Yeah, so. I'll, I'll tell you. know We don't have much time left, but I want to tell you another quick little story about a client I'm working with this week where... Uh, they're a business owner and they had a tough year in 2020 um, in personal services and uh, were shuttered for a lot of the year, got a PPP loan, um, you know, just kind of struggled to keep all the balls in the air and they want to refinance. And so um, they gave me a draft tax return as a lot of our self-employed clientele will do is say, hey, can you look at my tax return and see if I do this this way, will I meet my objective of qualifying for a refi? Uh, By the way, the refi saves them like over 300 bucks a month. And so it's important to them. And so I look at the tax return and say, well, unfortunately not. You don't show enough income to qualify. And they were pretty shocked by that. And what we found out was that one of the reasons why is that the rental income on one of their rental properties was underestimated by literally about a third of what it actually was. And I caught that because I said, Well, you're two years in a row you're renting out your house, you know, this house in San Luis, a two-bedroom house you're renting for ten thousand eight hundred dollars a year, right? That's with nine hundred bucks a month. Who rents a two-bedroom house out for nine hundred bucks a month? She said, Oh, no, no, that house rents for twenty seven hundred. And I said, uh, well, your taxes are wrong for two years in a row. And so she went back and is able to amend the 2019s and file the 2020s correctly. And they are able to qualify for refi. So um, I just want to remind you guys that are listening, if you're self-employed, as we're all getting our taxes ready, it's a great reason. If you want to buy or refinance a house this year, before you go finalize any of those numbers with the IRS, it's not a bad idea to, to lay them on the table and see if your objectives are met. And that's something that we specialize in. We're good at looking at tax returns. We know what we're doing. We know our way through them. So if you need that help, uh, by all means, reach out to us. Uh, we're happy to help you. Um, Number to the company, by the way, 805-543-LOAN, which is 5626. So call us at 805-543-5626. Or you can go find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. Our phone number is all over that website. Um, but just great to make contact, reach out to us. And you know if it's your goal to own a home or your goal to save some money every month by a refi or whatever you need to do, uh, we're a great place to start. We'll help get you on the way. Um, and once again, Dan, happy birthday day. Thank you so much. Hope you do something really fun. Put your feet up, maybe get the kids to give you a little foot massage and just relax.
3: I'm going to work on that.
2: (laughs) All right. Thank you guys. And uh, thanks for being with us. We'll be back next week with another episode. Hope you guys stay healthy.